and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you. All right, you can take your seat. All right, no smart comments about my head shining. I heard that. It started already. I don't know about that intro. I figured that the um, worship was so good this morning. The communion was off the charts. Jody's word was amazing. If I bomb it, we've still got plenty of good stuff to fall back on. And, of course, we can always go back to Christian's fun message from last week. So there's plenty of backups. Let me just put that out there straight away. Hey, Vic. So it's January, it's 2017, it's such an exciting time of the year. Christmas is just such a hoot and starting a whole new year and a whole new vision and thinking about what we want to do for the year, I always like to take a moment and think about the year that's gone past. And uh, 2016 for us was a great year as a church. We did a lot of hard work and uh, we had an amazing vision. And so today I just wanted to really stand on that, the work that we've done from last year, not discard it or be too quick to throw it away, but just to um, solidify where we stand, and hopefully that's going to launch us into this year. So I think it's important we don't, we don't forget that. So as we kicked off 2016, our spiritual oversight and our eldership, and Pastor Josh and Kristen gave us this, this great vision, and it was to follow Jesus to freedom. So we spent the year unpacking scriptures and looking at different ways that we could follow Jesus to freedom. And they gave us a meaning of freedom to consider, which I might get up on the screen. Hey, freedom is the state of being that allows you and me to be at peace in any given moment. It's where circumstance does not hinder your capacity to see, to imagine, to create, to do, and to love just like our Heavenly Father. Isn't that a great statement? It brings clarity because it kind of tells us freedom and peace go hand in hand and the fruit of that is our ability to see and to imagine, to create, to do, to love, just like our Heavenly Father. So I wanted to have a quick look at that this morning. I wanted to just zero in on the connection between um, freedom and peace, because I think we, we can't walk in freedom if we haven't got the peace of God with us, right? So the key to us attaining and walking in freedom is peace. We lose our peace and we lose our freedom and vice versa. So I jumped online as we all do, ask Google about peace. Tell me about peace. And this is what Google told me. Freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Ah, make you feel nice and tranquil. So I figured, righto, the key for me in 2016 is to stand in freedom. So what I need to do is remove anything that disturbs me. Any disturbances, anything that's awkward, and messy and ugly. So I thought, right, I'm going to start with something simple. Peas. Peas do not bring me any peace or freedom. And my mum will testify to this. Looking down at my plate and seeing a big pile of peas is very disturbing for me. So I thought, right, peas are out. Staring down at these little green goblins, they're disturbing and I'm not experiencing any freedom or peace. The only thing that I can see, imagine, create or do is think about ways I can get rid of them without them having to go into my mouth. They can't be that good for you, can they? Because they're that bad. 
So I'm going on thinking about things that I need to remove that are disturbing me. And the more I thought about the things that disturb me, I started to realize that some of the things that bring me the most joy can also bring me the most disturbance. Say, for example, my children. You know what I'm saying? These little bundles of joy can bring me immense joy and such, like, make me just on top of the world. But then, next minute, I can be the complete opposite. Total disturbance. No peace, no freedom. So I can't remove them, can I? No. Let me give you a story. Abby, the other night, she's the cuddler. She loves to cuddle, loves having cuddles with Dad. Sitting on the couch, having a cuddle, watching something very deep and meaningful on TV. And I'm putty in her hand, everything's perfect. Peace and freedom, tranquility are there in the lounge room with us. Bedtime comes, not so keen on bedtime, but she goes, Tegan takes her off to bed, does her routine and prays with her and gives her a cuddle, puts her down in the bed. Again, not super keen, but she goes. She's all cute, laying in bed, peaceful. A few minutes later, only a few minutes, a pterodactyl has climbed in her window and is sitting in her room going, Jenny! Jenny! I want you! Now, this, this isn't, a, you know, Daddy, I love you. Oh, come, come into my room. This is just all outrage. Do you know what I'm talking about? All outrage. So my kids know, if you're going to scream at me like that, if I have any self-control left, I'm going to ignore you until you calm down. Because rule number one is we talk nicely. So I'm thinking... I'm not going in there until she comes down. This is crazy. So I'm sitting, listening. Daddy! Daddy, I want you! She's not stopping. Now my peace is draining away. My freedom's gone. Rage is climbing up inside me. I'm going in there to give her a piece of my mind. So I walk in there and open the door. What? What is going on in here? And I look over and there she is. Still very cute in her bed. All sweaty and exhausted from screaming out. She just stuck me and she goes, I just want to cuddle with you, Dad. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Gone. Peace. Disturbance. Now peace is back. She stands up in a cot, gives me a cuddle. All the rage drains from me. Peace and tranquility are back. <laughs> My angel's back. So there you go. We can't. We, it's not possible for us to completely remove everything that brings us disturbance. So Google hasn't got enough for me, all right? We can't simply live in complete tranquility all the time. It's just not possible. Life brings too many of the extremes. Okay, so I'm reminded of one of our key scriptures that we looked at during the year from Matthew chapter 14. Let's have a look. Ha! So this is Peter walking on the water, right? Jesus just sent... His disciples um, to cross over. He's gone out to pray. There's a bit of storm and stuff. And we come in here, right? Verse 24 says, The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, <laughs> Jesus went to them. He's walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. Let's get, let's get this down. Next page. 
So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came, see, worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I don't know what that sea is. Verse 32, right? Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So I found that interesting that it wasn't until Jesus had met Peter in the middle of his disturbance and he got back in the boat that the wind ceased. So it wasn't about getting Jesus to meet him right there and then calming everything. It didn't happen until later on. See, Jesus did his work for Peter. He stretched out and grabbed him right in the middle of the wind and the waves. He didn't wait. He didn't calm all that down and then grab him. He stood there in the middle of it. So Jesus was present and available. And all Peter had to do was stretch out his hand. And he, Josh just mentioned, you know, us drawing near to God and God drawing near to us. That's the physical picture right there. Peter calling out, Jesus reaching down in the middle of it all. So I figured this, there must be more to peace than simply the removal of disturbance. When Jesus says, follow me to freedom, he's not wanting to show us the back road that avoids life. He wants to lead us to true freedom right in the middle of the storm or the party. It's not all bad that we're in, right in the middle of it. We need a peace that is available during all of life's stages, including the disturbance, including the pterodactyl moments. Every day. And that's exactly what he has for us. All right, let's check out Philippians 4. But for now, we're just going to look at verse 7. And it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, that's what we're talking about. Not removing disturbance. We need a peace that passes logic, passes all of our theories, passes what we can understand, our reason. It can't be fathomed or understood. It's that good. And then, then it guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it has power. It's big and it's powerful. It's all through Jesus Christ. We think about back to Matthew 14. Jesus must have been in perfect peace in that moment when he stood in the wind and the waves. He, couldn't, he wouldn't have been any help to Peter, would he? His peace surpassed the storm, surpassed the wind and the waves. He stood there in perfect peace, completely available to reach down and grab Peter. That's what you and I need. So I'd submit this thought to Google if Google happened to come to me. Hey, you got any thoughts about peace? So yeah, peace is to freedom in any situation or circumstance to maintain a pure heart and a clear mind. That sound good? This is what our vision was about for 2016. Following Jesus to a point where we walk in peace as often as possible. We're not dictated to by circumstance. It's peace, peace, peace. This is true freedom. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? In freedom is where the right decisions are made. Clarity of mind is attained. Life is spoken. It's where fun and joy resides. 
It's where creativity flows. That's why it's so important for us to get it. This is where God speaks and his work is done in freedom. Now, I love Christian's message from last week uh, about the significance and the importance of fun and joy. And peace is the key. Submit this thought to you. Peace is the key that unlocks the door to freedom where peace and joy and fun and love reside. Let me say that again because I messed it up. Peace is the key. Is the key. Unlocks the room called freedom. And inside we find fun and joy and life. That's what Jesus is calling us to. We're walking in freedom. We're walking in fun and joy. We're making great decisions. These are all byproducts of his peace and his freedom. This is what Jesus is calling us to. Let's go back. Philippians 4. This time we'll go 4 to 9. The big chunk. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will soon be with you. Come on. Two things I want to pull out of here, right? Verse 7, Paul talks about the God of peace. And then in verse 9, he talks about uh, sorry, verse 7 talks about the peace of God. You guys, I got that wrong, you're reading really wrong. Peace of God. In verse 9, he talks about the God of peace. Two slightly different things. So I wanted to submit these thoughts to you in regards to the peace of God. The heart does not keep the peace of God, but the peace of God keeps the heart and the mind when all our burdens, all our storms, all the wind and the waves are cast upon him whose peace nothing can disturb. Does that make sense? So when we submit all to him and allow him to guard our heart and mind, we have the peace of God, which allows us to be free, stand free in that moment. All of our thoughts, all of our cares, all of our worries, none of these things can disrupt the peace of God. The important thing to remember for us, though, is it's a day-to-day process. It might be an event-by-event process. We don't just arrive at freedom, now we're sorted. It's something we're constantly going through. We're constantly giving God what the new rubbish is that we're picking up from the day. Every day brings its new challenges, doesn't it? It might be work or school. It could be relationships. We need to run this process with everything that we do. Submit all of our worries, all of our concerns, and allow the peace of God to come around our hearts. So verse 9, the God of peace... The God of peace may be with us all the time, but it's gratitude and thankfulness that make us aware of his presence. So when we choose to be thankful, and a bit like Jody said today, when we open up to him, we open up our arms, we meditate on these things that are listed. The things that are true and noble, just, pure, lovely, things that are of good report and virtue. If there's anything praiseworthy, we meditate on these things, And we end up at Jesus because he is all of these things. 
we will find him there. And he will lead us to peace and freedom. Okay, so I'm a bit of a car guy, if you didn't know. And uh, basically anything that requires petrol to run, I'm sort of keen on. And I happen to own this. Hey, how good was that? 1964 E.H. Holden Wagon. It's a thing of beauty. Look at it up there. (sighs) Now, from this distance, it looks perfect. The paint is gleaming. The wheels are sparkling. The chrome demands our attention, doesn't it? You don't see that chrome on new cars these days. Its stance is tough, but it's classic at the same time. Slightly lowered from the original. It's got a whole bunch of upgrades that make it a lot nicer to drive than the original 50 years ago in the 60s. And it's quite a bit safer, Tegan, with the kids in the car. (laughs) Pure, lovely, and just. But if I was to um, give you the other list of the things about my car, say um, the fact that the wiring under the dash is a complete mess. And one night, late, I'm driving home from Kenilworth, catches on fire. How's it going? Smoke bellowing out of the underneath of my dash. <laughs> Maybe if I mentioned how the steering is heavy, it doesn't have power steering, or the fact that in the summer it's like driving a sauna around town. It doesn't have any air conditioning or heating, not that you need heating here. The windscreen wipers don't work very well. The dash lights are dim, they're hard to see. The speedo's in miles. That's annoying. <laughs> if I think about my childhood dream car and I go down that road, it's just depressing. Oh man, I don't, I'm going to sell that thing and buy something that is better. But if I stand back and I gaze upon all that is lovely and pure and true and just about that car, it motivates me about the future. I can dream about the possibilities of things I can do in that car and with that car, blows my mind. See the difference? Very important. It's not saying that one's true and the other's not. It's all very relevant. It's just getting it in the right balance. It's true and lovely and just. Those things are going to motivate us to peace and freedom. So the way we get to freedom is through peace. We need to find freedom in every area of our life or our car. Remember our definition, right? Freedom is where we... Imagine we see you, we create and love. That's how we know when we're standing in freedom. If I want to imagine the future with my car, I need freedom from all the junk, all the stuff that you guys can't see. It's still there. I'm not going to take it away. But I need freedom while it's still there. So in life, we need to do the same thing. We want to, be, we want to see, imagine, create and love. These are the very things that make you and I unique. Right in the middle of it all. This is how God is going to reveal himself through you to humanity in the middle of life. That's how I'm going to reveal to you the beauty of my car. Right now, with all the other stuff going on, I can point to you. I can point to the good stuff while I deal with the other stuff. Now, um, when we keep the good in life in sight, God can give us strategies for the future. If I keep the good about my car in sight, I can get strategies for the future about the things I want to do. He can give you strategies for your family, for your finances, for your business, 
for your relationships, strategies for your future. But we can only see them if we're standing in freedom and if we're experiencing his peace. See, we all have to work through life. Painful decisions have to be made. And hard work just needs to be done. And some of it's not even of our own doing. Wounds need to be healed, brokenness that requires time to rebuild. And we need the freedom of Christ right in the middle, standing in the middle of it, to help with that journey. Remember Philippians 4 verse 6, submitting all those concerns, great and small, will allow his peace to guard our hearts and minds so we can be free. Free to dream, free to heal, free to make the tough decisions, free to carry on, free to be strong, and free to win. We're winners, right? Because of Christ, we stand winners, victorious. Trying to create this freedom without Jesus is a pointless struggle. We can only ever create a sense of freedom at the best. We may work very, very hard at creating that, but at the end, it will all get burnt up and blown away in the wind. Completely pointless. Now, another key to remember here is that we submit all these things to God, not everyone around us. Some of us, from time to time, need to think about tweaking the way that we talk and what comes out of our mouth. We want to bring life. We don't want to suck life. Hey, we want to bring fun and joy. We don't want to bring lump all our stuff on the people all around us. Next time someone asks how we are or how busy we are, we don't have to go to how busy we are or how hard life is. Let's start with the good stuff. Start with the start of Philippians 4, rejoicing in the Lord, thanking him for all he's done. Tell the people around you what things are true and noble, of good report, because they're in your life. Let me give an example. How's it going? Oh, life is so hard. I'm really busy. I just don't have enough time to get everything done. My kids, oh man, such hard work. Or, how's it going? Oh man, my kids are the best. They bring such life and joy. Remember, there's a pendulum. I'm not telling lies. I'm just leaning one way. My kids are the best. They bring me such joy. And such, there's such an achievement in spending time with them and seeing them grow and mold and become who God has created them to be. Come on. Tegan and I went out for dinner the other night, right? The waiter seats us down, kicks off some friendly banter, some friendly Aussie banter. Next minute... And like, next minute, wasn't very long at all, he's telling us his story about how he got kidnapped at gunpoint and shoved in the boot of his car. <laughs> now, <laughs> maybe it was connected to something that we were talking about, but it wasn't going to add to our experience that we were going to have at his restaurant. Surely there's something on the other side of the pendulum that he could have brought to the table how great the specials are, or the atmosphere, or just the fact we live in Noosa, this amazing place. I'm not sure why he decided to tell us that story. (laughs) So don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we don't be real. I'm just saying that we be very intentional with what comes out of our mouth. We know that our words speak and create and cut down. So what are we doing when we open our mouth? We do all need people that uh, we can call on to stand with us in prayer, who we can have those conversations with. 
who encourage us in life. Just make sure and carefully choose and make sure it's not everyone around you. You'll be driving people to depression. That's not what we want. I think about people like Mark Byrne or Tom Deflorenkis. These two guys are great. Ask them how they're going. And Tom, he'll just look at you and go, Excellent! It doesn't matter what's going on because there's always a big list of excellent things that are happening. You ask Mark, and he'll always think for a second. And you go, fantastic. Life is fantastic. These guys get it. They get it. It's not long that uh, the conversation goes from how excellent or fantastic life is to them sharing their latest revelation or what God's telling them. Just it snowballs from there in the right way. You want to know what's important to you and what's consuming you? Listen to what comes out of your mouth. Is it rejoicing and thanksgiving like Philippians 4 tells us? Is it gratefulness for all that God is doing around you? Or is it all the negative stuff? The wiring under my dash or my windscreen wipers that don't work. Are we inspiring people to live? Or are we burying them in our negativity? Let's breathe fresh air to people. Let's inspire them to the good. Push them to the good. God, I mentioned earlier that peace is the key to unlock the door to freedom. So then I submit this next thought to you, that prayer and worship holds peace and opens the door to freedom. So prayer and worship, much like freedom and peace, go hand in hand. One stirs up the other. So how does prayer and worship fit in following Jesus to freedom? Let's have a bit of a look. John 8 31 to 36. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Obviously, we're already free. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave of sin does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. Boom. So two things. Knowing the truth makes us free. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the son makes us free. Verse 36, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So truth and the Son are one and the same. They go hand in hand. You can't separate them. Remember John 14, verse 6? Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and the life. If we're following Jesus, we're following truth and vice versa. And when we follow the two of them, we find freedom. Now, I haven't given Jesus and truth a location like the room called freedom because following Jesus and truth don't end. We don't just get to a point, like we said before. It's a continual exploration of who he is and who we are and what truth he's revealing to us in any given moment. We may have found freedom in one area of our lives, but we're looking for it in another area of our lives. So the process doesn't ever really end until we stand before him face to face. So we found a room called freedom. We know fun and joy and life are in there. They're waiting for us. We know peace is the key. Prayer and worship hold that key. So back to Philippians 4. The peace of God is found when we submit everything to him in prayer. 
and the God of peace will be with us when we meditate on Him and all those good things. So the first part is easy. In black and white, submit everything to Him in prayer. That's prayer. Open your mouth. Start a dialogue. Tell Him how you feel. Hand over as much as you possibly can. In particular, anything that may cause you to be anxious. Speak out loud. Be completely vulnerable. Stop trying to guard your own heart and mind and allow the God of peace to come around you and guard your heart and mind. Let him do the work. He's the one who can't be disturbed. As long as we're holding on, it's only for a moment and it's only for a time. Once it gets too tough, we're going to lose it. So with prayer, we give it to God. Supplication was the next bit. So we're giving it, we keep on giving it to God. We don't just do it once and leave it there. There's actually a battle going on, and we need to keep engaged on the ground. We've got to keep putting those things in front of him. Keep putting in, keep putting in there. And the last part, thanksgiving. Never stop thanking him, and he will never stop working. Remember, his mercies are new every day. If that's the one thing you're thankful for, it's new every day. Every day, mercies are new. Come on, his goodness and kindness endure forever, and his love never fails. If you are struggling to find anything to be praise, praising him for, there's some things right there. Plenty of truth in Jesus. When you find him, and you will find peace, and you will find freedom. Pastor Josh made an interesting comment, I think maybe last week, a little bit before. He was talking about how relaxed he is during worship before preaching. Good for you. <laughs> and nowadays, he gets to uh, engage in worship and sing the songs. And when he's in that moment, honor seems to rise up inside of him. And he starts going, oh, wow, Lord, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful for them. It's very interesting how these things are connected. If we truly give God our thoughts and our heart... He will always lead us to that Philippians 4 list. He will show us what is true and what is noble and what is just and what is of good report. He will show us where to give honor. This is exactly what Sundays are about. We come together. Sundays are a celebration service. We celebrate those things together. Smack in the middle of everything, of our lives. Smack in the middle of everything that's going on, we take a moment out to come together and realign ourselves. And if we've got it going good, then we help realign the person next to us. And it snowballs like that. Remember, worship lifts us up. Just like Jesus stretching out his hand to Peter, pulls him up out of the boat. Now, I wonder what would happen if you missed the middle chunk of that story and Jesus walks out to the boat. And right at the end it says, those who saw and believed worshipped him, bowed down. Imagine if they did that from the start. I wonder what would have happened. Maybe they all would have walked on the water. So prayer and worship go together. We have an opportunity to submit things to God in prayer. We rejoice together as a family. With thankfulness we choose to lift our voices. We worship. And as the team lead us in God-centered songs, carefully chosen or written, they lead us to Jesus as we meditate on those things 
as we speak out what's good and pure and lovely. That's what we're singing about. Jesus is good and pure and lovely. So you see how prayer and worship are incredibly important and significant in our pursuit of Jesus. Prayer and worship allow the peace of God to guard our heart and mind. They invite the God of peace to be with us. They allow us to be in freedom where we can have fun, experience his joy, have the capacity to see, to imagine, to create and to do, and to love just like our Heavenly Father. I think back to 2015, right? And we were introduced to this concept of the mezuzah. Reminders that we would intentionally set up or create to remind us, because they're reminders, of who God is, what he's done for us. It could be a scripture hanging on your wall, a note in your Bible. It could be something stuck on your fridge. Or maybe it's a family tradition. Incredibly powerful. Sunday mornings are our mezuzah. We mezuzah our week. We mezuzah our lives and our families together. These are the four promises that we had back in 2015 that were our focus. Been set free from oppression. We've been rescued from slavery. Redeemed life's purpose and claimed as his people. There's something to praise God about all the time. Will you choose it? That's my question this year. So as we kick off 2017, I feel like God is calling us to pick up prayer and worship with a renewed passion and fervor this year as tools to mezuzah our lives regularly as we pursue him. To allow his peace to come around us in every situation. That we would know what it is to stand in freedom. That he could reveal himself through us as we see, imagine, create, do and love just like him in every area of our lives. That we would experience true freedom and joy and fun. The world around us is going to see it. They're going to begin to ask questions. As they see him in us. It's powerful. Okay, this is my suggestion for the week. Every day this week, we read through Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. Choose when you might like to do that. Morning, evening, midday. You can do it all three if you want. There's no rules. As often as you can, read it out loud. Now be careful when you do this one. Be careful who's around you. There's something about speaking scripture out loud. It's amazing and it really becomes relevant in your life. Then write it down. Write the scripture down and personalize it. Put you in it. I will rejoice. I submit all my burdens to you today. I am thankful for this. Reveal to me, Lord, the things that are true and noble and just. Etc. Etc. Then, last thing, write yourself a to-do list. Right, one, rejoice in the Lord. We're just going through the scripture now. Love God. This is our mandate to love God. Two, let your gentleness be made known to all men. Love people. There's two things of what we're about: loving God and loving people. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be made known to people around you. Submit everything to Him in prayer. Four, thank him. Become thankful. Be someone who speaks thankfulness, thinks about it. Number five, meditate on the good. Find Jesus wherever you are and whatever you're doing. 
and meditate on that. When darkness creeps around, pop your head up and look for the good. Because it's not too far away, I promise you. Let's intentionally bring life to those around us and allow the God of peace to do a work in us. Sound good? All right. Come on. Why doesn't the band jump up? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word. We're thankful that, uh, that you sent your son for us. We're thankful that you speak to us, that you're at work in our lives. Lord, I just want to pray for each and every person here this morning. Lord, that all my rubbish falls away. And as we leave here this morning, we hold on to whatever things are true and pure and noble and just. Whatever things are of good report, whatever things are praiseworthy, I pray these things would become very clear to us. Give us eyes to see those things today, Lord God. Help us to to live our lives as you have called us to. To walk through life, not avoiding it, walking through it, Lord God, with your peace guarding our heart and mind. Your presence with us every day. Lord, pray we would be people that know your peace, that know your presence, people that know your freedom, Lord God. I pray that joy and fun creativity, imagination would rise in, a, rise in us, Lord God, as we consider who you are. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord God, and we honor you as our God and our King. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the band are going to sing another song, but I'd love to pray with anyone today. If something's spoken to you and you would like me to stand with you or any of the prayer team today and pray with you, pray through that scripture. Pray that God opens your eyes and reveals the truth to him. And we would love to do that. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You're not quite sure who I'm talking about. Or maybe you do, but you haven't made a decision to follow him and you would like to do that. I would love to pray with you as well. So I'd invite you to come down if that's you. And we'll stand together and we'll declare together our needs of a saviour. And we'll invite him into our heart afresh as we pray for open eyes to see life in a new light. Otherwise, have an amazing week, everyone. Please hang around and have lunch with us over in the cafe. Stay and sing this one last song with us. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday.